What's up, everybody? Paplin here, and welcome to episode 1099. We're one episode away from 1100, which is pretty darn crazy. Uh, we're going to get there before the end of the year. So thank you to everybody who has subscribed. Thank you to everybody listening to this. Uh, you're listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Normally, we coach an entrepreneur just like you, but today we're doing a follow-up with an entrepreneur just like you, somebody who had once been coached here on Ask Pat. And today we're speaking with Kyle Chidock who was uh, a guy who you might remember had an e-bike store, was doing some e-bike related things on YouTube and online and, and, and wanted to grow his income and grow his business, but didn't want to get it to grow so big and so crazy. And I'll tell you, I mean, the results, oh man, the results that Kyle's experienced have just been amazing. And I, I dug a little bit deeper than I would normally with like how those results happened, specifically with some platforms that he's using that have taken off and, and his strategies on there. And just some checking in with him. I mean, this is why I love doing the coaching thing because you can check in with people later. And I'm so thankful to have this show to be a platform to check in with these people, but also share that check in with you too, as if you're just a fly on a wall. And uh, it just makes me smile so much to see people taking action, getting re the results they deserve, and just helping more people too. So this is Kyle, and you can find him at boltonebikes.com or just look up Bolton Ebikes on YouTube. You'll find his stuff. It's amazing, and I hope you enjoy this story, the update, and all that comes with it. Here he is. Hey, Kyle, welcome back to Ask Pat 2.0. Uh, how are you? Doing awesome. Keeping very busy. <laughs> good, good. Good busy or kind of crazy busy? It's good busy, but it's a little bit crazy, I'll be <laughs> Well, I'm excited to catch up with you. Your episode went up January 17th, 2019, and uh, we're closing in at the end of the year here. So tell us what's been going on, what, what's been happening since that, that episode. Okay. So I, I, of course, went kind of back through and reviewed and listened to myself and cringed a little bit. <laughs> we uh, all do. Uh, <laughs> not by listening to you, by listening to our earlier selves. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, kind of where my e-bike business was, was this side hobby thing. I was trying to figure out, you know, kind of how do I bump it up to the next level without devoting, you know, more resources and more time into it. And basically, not everything, but it seems like everything has changed. Here we are three quarters of the way through, almost three quarters of the way through 2019. And it jumps around from day to day, but year to date sales uh, are usually somewhere between four and 500% higher than last year. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And then... Uh, Basically, it's just things are, are taken off, and I'm just trying to hang on along for the ride. Well, I'm so thrilled for you. Congratulations on that. That's, that's super exciting. Uh, I remember the last time we chatted, we were, like you said, just looking for ways to expand and grow, and it seems you've done that. I'm curious to know what specifically you did to achieve this growth. Yeah, I, if I had to pick one thing that attributed just massively to growth over the last nine months or so, Definitely would have to be YouTube. I do not do any paid advertising of any type. And previously, in previous years, probably 90 some percent of my sales came from Facebook. And it was, was not Facebook ads, but rather Facebook groups and people talking about my business and my products and sending other people there. Now that has changed to where it's probably like, 
from YouTube traffic and 40% from Facebook. Wow, that's so interesting. Definite uh, growth from putting out more YouTube videos. The YouTube channel uh, has grown. I think I might have just crossed about 1,000 subscribers last time we chatted. Now I'm just going past 16,000. And then the video retention, you know, watch time, all those kind of important things are seem to be really good. People are watching the videos and then it's bringing them to my website. Uh, so that's working very well for me. That's so great and, and super encouraging. I know there's a lot of people in the audience who are exploring YouTube. And, you know, uh, starting at 1,000 back when we last chatted, how many videos were you putting out back then and how many are you sort of consistently putting out now? Excellent question. So I was trying when I first started out to do at least one video every week. And sometimes I would get two videos out every week and I've kind of backtracked a little bit, even though the channel is growing faster than it ever has before. Sometimes I get a video out every week, but I'm so busy and just slammed with the rest of the business that sometimes it might be a couple weeks before I get another video out. Sometimes they come in little spurts where I'll have filmed a couple and they get edited and I'll release them both in the same week. So I don't have a a specific schedule like some people do where the videos come out every week uh, at a certain day or anything. But lately, that hasn't seemed to matter too much. I just get them out when I can. And I try and focus more on the the quality of the content and, and what I'm doing rather than just pumping more videos out. That's really interesting. You know, I saw a video come from Tim Schmoyer, who's been on the SPI podcast before. He's over at Video Creators, and he interviewed somebody who worked at YouTube and literally asked him, hey, what's the deal with the algorithm? Should I be publishing every day in order to maximize the algorithm? And the YouTube employee basically said, no, we we don't encourage that. We know that the better and higher quality videos are the things that are going to make things move more. Because there's, you, you, you got to also think of the way people consume content. I mean, they, they can get overwhelmed or they can get to a point where every video that comes out, they're just they cannot wait for it and they're drooling for it. And it seems like you're taking that approach uh, based on kind of what YouTube uh, wants and now what their employees even say. So that that's fantastic. So I think this is encouraging because I, I would expect that a lot of people listening would have expected that you increased the rate at which you were publishing videos and you did not. Right. How did you make your videos higher quality, I guess is the question. Uh, part of that's just the planning aspect of of looking at the videos and what is it the people that are watching want to see and how does it relate to electric bikes. And that's kind of taken a weird turn. <laughs> the, there's some things that have happened that I wouldn't have expected. Probably one thing that happened is there was literally one day where I was like, I want to do this video, launch it right towards the beginning of the year where it's like 10 things you should know before you buy an electric bike. and I kind of made some notes on a piece of paper. I filmed it really quickly. Uh, I used a whiteboard for most of it. So I didn't even, my face wasn't even on camera most of the video. There weren't even electric bikes on camera most of the video. And that video has really done very, very well for me. I'm seeing it here. It's the most popular video you've put out and it was only put out eight months ago and has about a half million views or just close to that. <laughs> yeah. That's ridiculous. That's awesome. And YouTube is just recommend, recommending it to people on a daily basis, you know, pretty consistently, you know, a couple thousand views every day as a YouTube recommendation. So that was an eye opener of, a oh, well, there's 
there is certain content people are really looking for and questions they have that they want to know answers to. Uh, and if I can try and address those, I didn't do any selling in that video at all. A lot of people watch that video and they have no idea that I sell electric bikes, which is part of a mistake on my part for not making that clear. Could have plugged it at the end or something maybe. Yeah, um, but that started driving a lot of people as far as, you know, I'm kind of a go-to guy for someone they can ask about general e-bike questions, you know, and then what that has done is I've actually had quite a few other electric bike companies reach out to me. And whereas normally I might be viewed as say a competitor, they're actually saying, Hey, we would like you to review our bike that we sell. So instead of working against each other and trying to compete, they're saying, Hey, we'll send you a bike. You can review it, tell people what you honestly think. So I've actually been, yes, selling my own bikes. My own business is growing quickly. But at the same time, I've been telling people and talking to people about other electric bikes that are out there. Nice. How are you balancing the, the, the fact that you also sell on the surface a competitive bike, but you're getting these sent to you? Like, What's your positioning when you share a review on, a, on somebody else's bike? And how do you kind of talk about your business alongside that? Curious. It's a good question. I, and I had some struggles with that early on, like, well, how am I going to do this? How is it going to be an, an unbiased review, so to <laughs> right. speak? This bike is terrible. Go buy my bikes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's, and that's not what I wanted. And obviously, people wouldn't send me their bikes if that's what I put out. Most of the people that do review bikes or products in that kind of niche on YouTube, they charge a fee for their reviews. So the first thing I did is I said, I am not going to charge anything for the review because I feel like if I'm charging you something, then I'm only putting the video out because you're paying me to do it. And I want to put the content out because I want people to trust what I have to say and it just be 100% truth. There's no financial gain behind it, basically. So that was one thing. But a little twist on that is I, I've been telling people who have been contacting me and it's becoming increasingly more and more and I have several. Um, I'm waiting for more bikes to show up. I said, I won't charge you for the review, but I want you to let me give the bike away when I'm done with it. So that way they get more exposure because there's a giveaway of their bike. And because I'm doing the giveaway, I'm collecting all those email addresses of everybody that enters, uh, all of that information. And so I can kind of do some, some retargeting as well. And sometimes uh, I will throw in uh, a referral link or an affiliate link and just try and make that as clear as I can that, hey, I have, you know, these bikes that I sell, but here's a bike that's different from what I offer. So if you're looking for this type of bike, you should buy it. You know, I'm basically I'm going with the approach of I would love to sell you one of my bikes but I would much rather you buy the bike that's going to make you the happiest and is the best fit for you. I love and that. if I don't have it, then you should buy it from someone else. I love that. It's very similar to like, I mean, it's, it is and it isn't to my physical product, a switch pod, right? And uh -huh. it's like, hey, we're on paper a competitor to Joby's Gorillapod, the bendable tripods. But we say kind of the same thing, like, hey, we didn't build this to compete with Joby, this is for the people who want to take their camera with them and pack something light and easily flip it out to a tripod. But 
if you need something that wraps around poles, if you need something to wrap around a tree for your outdoor videos, like do not get our product. Go get the Gorillapod. <laughs> so we're in support of them too. And it sounds like you're, you're doing the basically the same kind of positioning. Right. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. That's great. I'm on your YouTube channel right now. Bolton Electric Bikes or Bolton E-Bikes, uh, for those of you who want to check it out. And just uh, you can go to his videos, sort by most popular, and you'll see that 10 things to know before purchasing your first e-bike video. And this is, you know, it's kind of obvious why this is doing so well, because people, uh, you know, e-bikes are a thing now. We're seeing them on the streets of Austin and San Diego and large cities now that you can kind of, kind of like one of those Lyft uh, or, or bird scooters. Now they have bikes now and people want to get their own, but they don't want to buy it because it's a big purchase without any information. I mean, you have to watch this video, right? If you're going to buy an e-bike. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I think that's why it's doing so well is it's, it applies to anyone buying any type of e-bike. That's excellent. Okay. So business is going well. You're using YouTube a lot. 60% of your traffic and, and potentially customers are coming in from YouTube. How has this affected your, your own product business? And like I would imagine with more volume comes more work sometimes. And, and what have you been doing to handle kind of that? Right. So that was uh, in the previous call, that was kind of one of my big things is how do I increase the volume of sales without increasing the work? And there were a few changes that I was kind of testing out. And some of those have grown exponentially and are much bigger part of my business now. And also trying to get some more passive income coming in was part of that too. I still would say that the passive income, what I would consider truly passive portion is, is very low. But when I, I remember when I last talked to you, I had, I had gotten maybe like a dollar in Amazon affiliate sale. <laughs> For like the tools, right? We talked about the tools that you could recommend along with the bikes. Right. Yeah. And I've, and I've certainly been slowly incorporating that into the channel when it's, uh, when it makes sense and adding those things and, and the Amazon things maybe, you know, up to, $50 a month. And YouTube ad revenue is well over $500 a month. And then the other referral links and things from bikes or other products I've, I've been mentioning have been adding up. So it might be getting close to where it's approaching, say, you know, $1,000 a month in, in what I'd consider truly passive income that's going to keep coming whether I put more videos out or not. That's great. So that's steadily been growing. And then as far as the bike sales, one of the things I had really talked about was I was just starting to get bikes that were built complete overseas. They show up ready to go. They come into a warehouse, they're in a box. So when someone orders one, I can basically just send an email out to someone that says, Hey, please ship it to this customer. So that's cut down tremendously on, on the workload of getting bikes prepped and shipped out. And I still do that with certain models. Um, but I charge accordingly for it. Uh, so basically, I've been to been able to increase the volume of my e-bike sales, which is increasing my average order cost from where it was about a hundred dollars on the average order. Now I'm selling e-bikes that may be as much as twenty four hundred dollars, but there's not more work involved. So that has played a huge role in increasing the sales. The support and the questions has has increased. So I brought somebody in to help answer emails and support questions. That way I'm not the only one that's responding to all those things. So that has been a, a really big help and and kind of a 
funny, I'll make it as short as I can story about that is sure. after being on Ask Pat 2.0 last time, I wish I could remember his full name, but Abe, if he's listening, I did take your advice. I had somebody call and say, hey, I heard you on Ask Pat. Here's a couple of suggestions for your business that I think could work for you. And one of them was a service he mentioned called Inbox Done, where all they do is just focus on answering your emails. So they have people based in the U.S. that are just really good at answering emails. So I started using their service and I've increased their their hours to help me. But basically, I've slowly just starting adding people in and and that's where the the challenges are are starting to come from now is as things are growing even bigger where it's like oh boy I got to start adding adding more people but I did add it up the other day and basically we're if I add up all the the help that I have or email services and all of our hours combined we have about 40 hours of of work being put in each each week so it's kind of like one person working full time is making this business operate right now and compared to the amount of revenue that's coming in, that's just insane to me that that's, that's all it's taking. So like what's the, and you don't have to answer this, but I'm imagining like it's a, it's a, a crazy sort of per hour rate if you were to calculate it out. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't done that. I know, you know, throwing some numbers out there, you know, last podcast I was talking about how revenue was kind of hovering around 100,000 and, you know, it kind of stuck there. One of my goals right now is to to do a hundred thousand in sales in one month, and I'm really close to that. So that gives you an idea of how much it has changed in in just a short nine months. Yeah, well, congratulations uh, first of all on all that growth and for maintaining a, a fairly small sort of workforce to 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 make that happen. I'm curious, moving forward, like how big do you want this to go? This is the fun and interesting part <laughs> where it's like you could probably. And and I don't know what you need or, you know, your life or anything, but, you know, a lot of people at this point, they go, okay, let's 10x everything and let's go big and go huge. And then they get to that point where they're just like, uh, I'm like way too big, bigger than I ever wanted to be because they just got so enticed with the success that they've had and they see other people grow. But then, you know, I had a guy named Paul Jarvis come on my podcast to talk about his book, Company of One, which was like, hey, hey, like you don't need to grow. Like growing is not always the answer. Why not create systems to stay where you are and be okay with that? For whatever reason, we always want to keep, quote, growing, right? So right. curious, just your thoughts on where you're at now with all this and um, where you want to go. I do not want to have a large corporation with hundreds of employees. That's not very enticing to me. <laughs> the the overhead and all the people management that that side of things is uh rather daunting and and it just doesn't sound appealing honestly so i would like to keep it smaller i would definitely like 2020 to you know for the business to be you know multi million dollars and i i think compared to this year's growth that's a uh, not a huge leap so I think that's within the realm of possibility. Uh, and I've kind of been backtracking, figuring out, okay, how many bikes do I have to sell to do that much in sales? And then based on how efficiently things are running now, how many people would it take to get there? That's the question. And as you create these rules for yourself, that's the most important thing is like you have these boundaries that you are setting yourself up with. Like, for example, Nathan Berry, who is the founder of ConvertKit, I mean, uh, that 
company has went on to become, you know, a multi-million dollar company and it's it was like number one software company in the Inc. 5000 or, or whatever. But he said to himself, the rule is I'm never going to hire more than 50 people. And we've even had board conversations about this, like, no, but if you want to grow to this number, it would help if you had more people. It's like, nope, that's my rule, <laughs> right? And, and so they're staying very lean and they've been able to instead grow by finding other means and being creative versus just let's hire, let's hire, let's hire, let's hire. And it's created a really cool thing in the company culture. And just, I'm, I'm proud of being an advisor to that company, but having those rules for yourself too, like I will never blank is so important. So it, it's cool that you're, you know, obviously starting to, to have those conversations with yourself. Yeah. And I don't have a hard, fast rule that says I don't want to have more than X number of employees. I think right now I, I feel like, you know, if I hired one person, full-time, that would be so many more hours than what we're putting in now that it could handle the kind of the next step of where I want to be. But where I'm a little torn and, and not sure what to do is I am definitely all over the place and have tons of ideas and a little bit of a squirrel <laughs> syndrome. Don't we all? Uh, <laughs> and so reading through different books and things uh, like Rocket Fuel and about integrators and starting to look in that, I'm trying to wonder, okay, well, I probably am at the stage where I need things to be more organized before it grows further. Otherwise, it's going to be this big disorganized company. And I don't want that at all. You know, so I have talked to somebody who's kind of a, an integrator and a coach. And, and, and one of my things is like, mm, I, I feel like that could be the right thing to do right now. But he's also very expensive. <laughs> so that's one of those things I'm looking at is, mm, is that the right thing to do at this point to make sure that I, that I am hiring the right people for the right things going forward? Or do I do what I'm doing now, which is just kind of uh, winging it and see what happens, which doesn't sound very good. <laughs> I think organization is definitely key. And if you need help for that, then just weigh the cost benefits of that, right? So how much would you be investing and what is the expected return on that? making sure there's an ROI there with coaching and, and help like that is, is, is really important. Before we finish up, and again, thank you for coming back on and giving us this amazing update. Bolton e-bikes, find them on YouTube. This has just been an epic conversation, Kyle. Thank you. The one suggestion that I have for you based on my life as a squirrel who has um, a lot of things in the can and things that I want to do and more and more ideas popping up every day. And I've shared this at, at my event at FlynnCon to everybody and it really resonated with people. I didn't invent this. I just took it as inspiration from others and other companies. But it's what I call the 20% itch rule. And that means that I have 80% of my time dedicated to what I know I need to do, my responsibilities, my main stuff, everything I know I need to do. I get it done. 80% of the time, I'm working on that. 20% of the time, I'm allowing myself to explore, to experiment, to try new things such that even if they were to completely fail, I would be okay with that because I'm exploring. I'm scratching that itch that I have. And that allows me to not feel like I'm always doing this same thing over and over again. And the switch pod was an example of something that happened as a result of that 20% time. I've had many other things that have failed as a result of that too, but even that's okay because I'm learning as I go too. And so typically it's kind of like a Monday through Thursday. I'm working on my stuff. Friday is my exploration day. And that's a day I can always look forward to to try new things, whether it's try a new platform or check out this new idea or just read something about something that has nothing to do with what I'm doing right now, but it's something I'm interested in. And that has made me feel like, okay, like I'm actually able to 
be a little bit of a squirrel, but it's kind of controlled, if that makes sense. It does. And I, and I do remember hearing that at FlynnCon. So I, I am thankful that you reminded me of that because I've been kind of thinking of something along those lines. And I, I definitely need to make that like a hard, fast rule <laughs> for myself. That's something that I do. And not to get too off, off topic, but I'll just put in a little plug for you that uh, I will say uh, FlynnCon was definitely the friendliest group of people Thank I've you. ever seen <laughs> anywhere. So I, I did sign up for it again and I'll be, I'll be back next time. Oh man, I just got the goosebumps. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> dude, thank you for, for that kind plug. It was just great to have you and, and, and it's going to be fun to have you again. I mean, we've learned so much from that first go around, but like you said, it was, it was just for whatever reason, we've been able to attract some amazingly friendly people. And even the introverts in the audience were like, oh my gosh, like I felt like I could be here and, and this felt like home to me, which was really cool. So thank you. Thank you for that. So, hey, I know you got a lot of work to do or some new fun things to explore potentially. So I'm gonna let you go. But one more time, where can people go to find out more about you and what you have going on? So they can go to my website, boltonebikes.com, and that's spelled B-O-L-T-O-N, and then e-bikes with an S. And that's the same for you know Facebook pages, uh, have a Facebook group if they want to talk to other people who have e-bikes. And then, of course, the, the YouTube channel is Bolton e-bikes all together as well. And I would say out of all those, uh, go to Bolton e-bikes, the YouTube channel, and uh, watch some of those videos if you have any interest in e-bikes at all and i think you'll find some good information there awesome man thank you so much for coming on again and uh best of luck and we'll see you back in san diego next year perfect thank you very much all right i hope you enjoyed that where are they now episode with kyle chitok from bolton e-bikes look up bolton that's one word and then e-bikes all one word on youtube and you'll see his stuff his growing youtube channel and uh, if you wanted to filter and find that really popular video the one that sort of took off you'll see it it doesn't like the thumbnail's not the best and the quality is not like produced in a studio and yet it still has been able to help him get these results and and just he he did he did he took action he did that's the thing that's the separator between him and and and, and those of us who are just listening and kind of want things to happen. He's taking action. I know a lot of you are taking action too. And the thing is, you, you just got to keep going because uh, it could just take that one relationship. It could take that one video. It could take that next blog post. It could take that connection to really be that uh, hockey stick curve that you're you're going to see in the future for yourself. So keep up the great work. And Kyle, just thank you so much for coming on and sharing this update with us. Hope to check in with you again in the future. And I appreciate you so much for all the uh, the wisdom and the kind words as well. Uh, about FlynnCon, and uh, I hope you all join me at FlynnCon next year, actually, with Kyle at FlynnCon2.com. That's coming up next year. If there are, are actually any tickets available, I, don't, I, I record these ahead of time, and currently they're selling, but they're not sold out yet, but they might be at the time that this recording goes out. So we'll see. FlynnCon2.com. Get yourself a nice little Christmas present. Come to San Diego with you and bring your family, too, and we have some stuff for kids as well. You can read more about it at FlynnCon2.com. And, of course, make sure you subscribe to the show if you haven't already, and you can also... Uh, apply to be coached on Ask Pat, and then maybe come back again if you have an amazing transformation just like Kyle did and, and come on twice. So Kyle, kudos to you and to everybody else taking action. There's so many stories to share and many that are coming up actually. There are more recorded already, already edited, already in the hopper for you. Coming up next week, we have to commemorate episode 1100, another Where Are They Now? One of my favorite of the bunch actually. I rearranged it based on the order that I uh, interviewed uh, to, to, to be a landmark episode because what we talk about next week is incredible with uh, somebody who just 
I can't even explain. You have to subscribe. Please subscribe because it's going to be it's going to be awesome. And uh, thank you so much, Team Flynn. As always, you're amazing. And keep going, Team Flynn for the win. Hey there, thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now, you might have noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while. And that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show. For now, at least. And this way, we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects. That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable, and the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus, there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, the Smart Passive Income podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.